Hello everybody and welcome once again to the most Brinkaliciously awesome podcast on the entire interweb. It is The Brink and welcome to episode 15 of The Brink Podcast Reboot. Wherever you are listening to, special shout out once again goes to our dear friends listening to us in Mountain View, California. Once again, we see the statistics, we see that you're there. And we see that you're listening, and I am thrilled that we're going to have another big show today. We've got people joining us, lots of great segments and everything else in between, but I just want to put this special shout-out again to those listening to us in Mountain View, because you listen every week, we we see it, we, we're, we're happy that you're tuning in, and as we've talked about on the show before, we don't really know too much about Mountain View, so uh, for those listening to us in Mountain View, send us an email, send us, reach out to us on Facebook, you can find us on there, just search for the Brink Radio Show, uh, send us a message, just put a comment on our wall to say, hey, this is Jim from Mountain View, I love the Brink, uh, this is what you asked me to do, and we'll, we'll talk to you, we'll get you on the show, I want to I want to learn more about your your place that that you listen to us from, so again, putting it out there, Mountain View, send us a message. As I said, big show today. We've got people joining us that you will love, you will miss. We've got a new segment too with a new person joining us, sort of, uh, but plenty to get to, plenty of stuff that you are excited to listen to, and that means that I should just shut up and press a button to make it so that you can listen to new stuff. One person that we had on a few weeks ago that we hadn't had in a while, uh, the Sarge, and he is a man that demands attention He's a man that also has a very busy schedule, so hence why you haven't heard from him in a little bit. It's because he's been very hard to get back on again. But uh, I, I can be happy enough to say to you right now, without further ado, that we do have him back once again, the Sarge, Sergeant Porcupine. It's it's a pleasure to have you back once again here on, on the bridge. Well, I should think so, Ben. Um, I'm, I'm a very, you know, I'm a very uh, important person. I'm very demanding. I demand excellence. You know that, don't you? Yes. I mean, you the, the amount of pre-show notes you send me and warnings and, you know, scripts and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's it's a lot different to when you used to just come in the studio now. You you seem to want to make sure that these are, are perfect coming into these recordings. Well, it all comes down to preparation, doesn't it, Ben? It does. Huh? You're a man that likes to prepare? Oh, of course I am. Yes. Yeah. People out there do well to remember that. Yes, okay. So you think more people out there in society should prepare stuff more often? Rather Get better. than doing it? Get better. Get yeah. better, okay. Uh, I mean, what's what's the the average day then for the Sarge? What's the preparation like for you getting up, you know, waking up in the morning, getting ready to the day of just arresting people? Well, I prepare for the next day, the day before. Right. Oh, so you're, the day that you're starting is actually preparing for the next day. That's right. What day is it today, Ben? Uh, the, the the time of recording. It's Sunday, but but the releasing people. It's it's a day. It's Sunday. Yes, we'll just say it's Sunday. Well, no, it's Friday, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely, it is. I started preparing for today on Wednesday. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so you're you're really going overboard with preparing. I never go overboard, Ben. Never. Ever. It's underboard. No, <laughs> it's I get things board. right. That's just what I do. <laughs> okay. Well, what what's been happening? Who have you been keeping an eye on? Who's who's under the watchful scope of the the Sarge recently? Well, you know, plenty of people. I reckon. You know, I mean, soccer hooligans annoy me. Right. Yeah. You I mean soccer? I think in general annoys. Soccer you. in joint general annoys me. Yep. Yep. You know. I mean, it's just a stupid game, isn't it, Ben? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I like soccer. I think it's a good... It's, it's a world game, Sarge. It's, you know, it's, it speaks volumes around the world. 
That's no, that's that's complete rubbish, Ben. Okay, all right. So, what is it about it that you don't like, and the hooligans? I mean, is it just the hooligans? Is it is it is there more to it than the hooligans that you don't like? Well, the ball for a start is round. Okay, it shouldn't be round. No, it should be oval shaped, Ben. Oh, it would be a bit hard to kick on the ground if it was oval, though, Sarge. Like, I mean, I'm sure they need, you know, think about it. I mean, it is football. It is the only true form of football where you, you use your foot. Nonsense, Ben. They should be allowed to pick it up with their hands. <laughs> right. That's. That, I think that's called AFL, Sarge. Australian rules, or rugby, perhaps, or American football, or, or Gaelic football. Or, I mean, there's plenty of those out there. Yeah, well, and instead of a net at each end, mm. a square... Yep. They should have four posts, I reckon. Okay, so again, you seem to be describing Australian rules football here, Sarge. And the other good idea I've got, Ben, mm. is that when a player has the ball, yeah, another player should be able to go and like grab him and hug him and throw him to the ground. Tackle, I reckon. Tackle him, right? Okay. Tack tackling, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should be a bit like that, I reckon. So, so all soccer should be gone away with, and it should be all Australian rules football. Oh. No, not Australian rules football. Mm. But another thing I think they should be able to do, Ben, okay, yes, is they should be able to run 15 steps, bounce the ball, <laughs> even though it's oval-shaped, yep. and keep running another 15 steps, bounce it again. And how would they pass it to another player when it comes to using their hands? Oh, like um, you could... Put your fist into a ball. Right, okay. And, like, punch the ball to the other player. What do you reckon? Oh, that sounds new. I haven't heard that before. Um, what about the scoring system? Those those four posts that you're talking about? Well, I, I would have thought, Ben, if you get it through the... Um, I think if you get it through the middle post, it should be six points. Six points? What about the, uh, the ones on either side of those middle posts? Well, I think you should give someone <laughs> something for, you know... Almost getting it through, don't okay. you think? Oh, possibly. Maybe a point. Uh, maybe. Yeah, one point sounds good. What if it hits the post, like the middle post? Like, you know, they've, they've aimed to kick and it's it's hit the the bar. No, we only reward excellence, Ben. Okay, so... You it's... only get one point if you hit the post, I reckon. Right, okay. Oh, wow. You know, it sounds like you've really thought this through, that, that preparation you were talking about. Well, exactly. Right, okay. I'm, I'm an ideas man, Ben. So you're arresting the sport of soccer and That's changing right. it. That's right. It's not good enough. Is it? Is that? Is that under the Not Good Enough Act? Is it or Not Good Enough Act of 1960? All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, so came in in 1960. Yep. I can. You know. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, anything else? Any? I mean, how's Lena Valley going? You haven't talked about that in a while. Lena Valley, home of dog poo on the streets. Yep. yep. Yes. You talk, last time you talked about building a wall around Lena Valley. Uh, That's right. Yeah. You know the Donald Trump method of things. That's right. Hello to all your. Uh, Lena Valley listeners. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yes, if you're out there walking the dog, I hope it um, hope it dumps on your foot instead of on the footpath. All right. What about the Greens? How have they been going? We haven't talked about them in a few years. Greens? Yeah. Oh, yes, that uh, the poor excuse for a political party. Yeah, but remember now we're not on Radio Sarge, so maybe you can unleash a little bit more on the Greens than you could have back when we were on air. Well, I think so, Ben. They've done a lot of damage to the Greens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, they're terrible. Yeah. Terrible. No. You know, I think I think we should be you know, cutting trees down, <laughs> yeah, building walls, that sort of thing. Okay. What about One Nation? How about Pauline Hanson? If you don't like the Greens, and I can imagine you like a bit of Pauline. I do like a bit of Pauline. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, you got a bit of a smile on your face when you mention her. You got a bit of a crush on uh, Pauline, do you? There, no, so well, I wouldn't have thought so. No, I wouldn't have thought so, Ben. No. No. no all right. Okay. So, what is it about Pauline that you like? Is she? She's a woman who gets things done. Is she? Yeah, she's a, she's a good lady, Pauline. Yep. Like her a lot. You like her a lot? So uh, you're a Trump fan then. I don't know if we really covered that a lot. Trump. Like, yeah, the the President of the United States of America. Trump, uh, Donald. Hang on. I'm just trying Donald. to think. You're fine. He's the, he's the chicken man, isn't he? 
Uh, no, that's the, is that Colonel Sanders that you're thinking of? No, I don't think. No, I think you might be incorrect there, Ben. No, okay, all right. Well, who 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 to you is the president of the United States then? If you don't think, oh, I don't know who that is. No, but what I do know, Ben, is that Donald Trump is the Chicken Man. The Chicken Man. You know, on the signs. Right. The KFC signs. No, I do think you're thinking of the Colonel, the Sanders, the Sandman, the Colonel Sandman. No, I don't. I think you might be incorrect there, Ben. All right, okay. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to be rude, but well, I, look, I, have to, I have to call you out on that one. You know, you are a man that is uh, of high esteem, and I don't well, think it's ever been right. wrong in your life. So that's right. I will back back off there and claim that you are correct. But Trump's chicken isn't very nice. Don't like it? Bit too full on to me. Right, but did you like Pauline Hanson's chicken when she had a fish and chip shop? I'm sure she battered some chicken. Did she have chicken on the menu? Oh, I'm guessing she would. Why not? I mean, you know, not everyone wants fish and chips. Some people want chicken. Some people want hamburger. Some people want, you know, dog poo in Lena Valley, I'm sure, you know. I'm battered dog poo. It's, it could be a thing. Do you think that's funny, do you? Well, I mean, have you ever eaten battered dog poo? Well, uh, it would make you sick, Ben. Well, it could be completely delicious. I'm sure people thought that about chicken. I'm not eating one of them. They're ugly oh, little fuckers. I... But they still ate them and they tasted good, so... Credit where credit's due, I think, um, <laughs> depends what the dog was eating, I suppose. What if it was eating chicken? It, I mean, chicken and beef together. It's chi- chief. Chicken and beef flavoured. Or, or bicken, you know? I mean, it's... Well... Well, that's interesting, Ben. You've heard of a traducan, you know, a turkey and a duck and a chicken. It could be a beef, chicken. A traducan. Chief. No, traducan. No, no, that's that's outrageous, Ben. That's just silly. <laughs> that's just silly. Okay. okay. Right. That's, that's disaster chef sort of territory, that is. A question for you, Sarge. You're a man of, uh, you know, pop culture and knowledge and everything along those lines. Well, I certainly am. Did, did you watch the Oscars the other week when they stuffed up the best picture? You know, they said La La Land won, but actually it was Moonlight. You know, that whole kerfuffle. Oscars. Yeah. No, well, I've never heard of that, but oh, okay. uh, keep going. Well, I mean, basically, they're, you know, they're the highest awards you can get in, in Hollywood, movies. Um, yes. The Academy Awards, and they they announced the wrong, the winner, the winner of the main award, the best picture, the best picture of the year. You got the wrong bloke, did they? Well, they, they read out La La Land. So everyone from La La Land got up and took the trophy, and then everyone's running around the stage going, no, 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 it was actually this movie called Moonlight. Really? So it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a... Mistake. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't see it, Sarge. It didn't come on your desk. You had to arrest Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway for, for stuffing this up in front of the world. Billions of people around the world. Well, Ben, I, I'm absolutely stunned. 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 You're yeah. a stunned mullet. And do you know why I'm stunned? Why are you stunned, Sarge? Because well, there could only be one clear winner of of that category. And Best what's, movie. Well, is that your movie? No. no. Well, the, it's obvious, isn't it? What's that? It's the Mighty Ducks, the Mighty- obviously. <laughs> Every year. We should win. The first one? First one. The first, I thought maybe the Brink Unleashed 6 that recently was released. Well, I've heard that's not bad. I haven't seen it myself. Oh, well, yeah, I've heard there's a new one coming out, possibly. The really? The Brink Unleashed 6.5. I, right? I hear a whisper. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nice to know. So the Mighty Ducks should have won that. That was the clear mistake. Yeah, but it's not ordinary Mighty Ducks. Uh, just... No, it's, it's a bit more up my alley. Yeah, it's got a few... It's, like, it's got guns and stuff in it. Right, so Mighty Ducks with guns. Mighty Ducks with guns. So get rid yeah. of the hockey sticks and shoot instead of... That's right. So they the shoot. knuckle puck is the, the missile puck. They shoot the puck around the court. Flying V is really the flying machine gun. That's right. Right, yeah. okay. You know, ducks fly together is really ducks shoot together. That's right. Okay, got it. Um, uh, do, anything else? Collingwood pre-season is over now. We're looking to the first round of the, the footy season. Yes, my famous up, magpies. Up against the... Uh, actually, here's a question for you. you, you, you your favourite player, who is he? 
Dane Swan. Yeah, you love him? His little legs? Oh, his little legs. Don't like the tats, though. Right, no, okay. Don't like that. No, no. But, but uh, just quickly, have you been watching him? He's on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here at the moment. He's really? in the Final Four. Really? There, Sarge. I mean, he's up. He's doing well. I mean, the time we release this, I think the winner will be known. It could be Swanee. A I'm Brownlow a medal and a winner of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. That's right. pretty good. And what's that show about? The celebrities who want to get out of there. Really? Yeah. All right. <laughs> So I'm surprised you, you haven't been watching it religiously. And where do they take them? Uh, South Africa, I believe. South Africa? Yeah. It's, All right. It's in Africa, but south. Really? Yeah. It's wow. It's, it's a convenient name, just in case you forget halfway That's through. That's pretty good, isn't it? I know, right? You know, it's, you could be in Africa and be like, well, where am I? I'm in South Africa, you know? Gee, that was lucky. Yeah, I know, right? They so called you- the country South Africa and it just happened to be... Yeah, well, it's not in the north wow. part of Africa. It's in the south part. It's like South Australia. It's in the, you know. Oh, wow. That's that's really clever, Ben. So so you haven't seen him, but uh, that aside, Collingwood, um, you know, you're looking forward to this season. Can they beat the reigning premiers in round one? Oh, look, oh, yes. Yes? Yes. Yep. Yes. No, I think I think we'll win it this year. Yeah. The whole thing? The whole oh, all us Magpie supporters think the same, Ben. That, uh, this is our year. We're going to win it this year. <laughs> right. Faith in Bucks. They said, yep, Bucks, yep. Standby Bucks. You know, Standby Bucks. Eddie was re-elected, and, you know, El Presidente. Eddie Maguire. Yeah. What do you think yes. of Eddie? Well, yeah, he's all right. He's, he's all right? Oh, the president of your beloved Collingwood is only all right. No, I, I like him a lot, obviously. Yeah, just don't want to lead on. He's no Pauline Hanson. You don't have that no, same well, smile on your face. He's got some problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like what? Well, he always wears the same clothes, doesn't he? Well, he does. He's what always... do you think he's hiding? Has he got tats like Swanee, do you think? Actually, I wouldn't mind betting he does have a few tats. Eddie with a yeah. sleeve? What's on his sleeve? A big picture of Nathan Buckley? Oh, sleeve, gee. Well, he's probably got a like a suit sleeve tattooed. <laughs> maybe, maybe he actually is just tattooed. He's just well, naked all the time, and that's just his tattoo. Well, that might be true. It could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else, or, or do you need to leave? What, I mean, are you kicking me out, are you? No, you can stay for as long as you want. Again, we're not on radio. We can sit here for four hours if you really want to talk about really? the world. No, it sounds like you're kicking me out. I would never do such a thing, Sarge. Well, is there a problem? Not at all. Is there a problem with the way I look? No, you look fine. Do I smell bad? You smell perfectly. Really? You know, your natural scent should be bottled and sold. No. that's, you know, it's that pungent. You don't like my T-shirt, do you? Your T-shirt's fine. Well, look, I hope all your listeners know that you're kicking me out because of my T-shirt. Doesn't like my T-shirt, everybody. You think I'm being racist? Nah, stuff you. <laughs> stuff you. Wow. Oh, we just left. Okay, well, that was the Sarge. Oh, and he's slamming doors. That was a bit of a delayed reaction, but it still worked. Um, that was the Sarge, ladies and gentlemen. We'll perhaps have him back in a few weeks when he's calmed down. Live performance time and our next live performance. You've heard from them before. In our Brink podcast, Busby Maru, I talk about a duo from Rockhampton in Queensland who appeared on our show a couple of times throughout our our history. And uh, the reason we're going to play another one of their live performances for you is because since we've last featured them on this show, they've actually gone on to big success. Their album, their latest album, Postcards from the Shell House, actually went to number one on the ARIA charts recently, their very first ever number one in Australia. So a great deal, great work from them, and we thought it would only be appropriate to celebrate that, we're going to go back to 2013 to hear their live performance of their song Over My Dead Body on the Brink. Let's hear that now. Busby Maru here on the Brink. Okay. I've got a little bit of luck, but I got a lot of little bit of heart. 
When I'm feeling the heat on the road at the end from the start Don't worry about the young ones Don't you worry about the younger son Seen plenty of people living with the spark Sometimes I do but I'm foolish to question and judge Lately I've been living in the dark Don't worry about the young ones Don't you worry about the youngest over my dead body Will I let this go? You see, I'm never gonna let you down So I will never let it go Never, ever, ever now And over my dead body Will I let this go? Never, ever now Will I ever now Never, ever gonna, ever gonna let it go And a lot, a little bit of young blood When I'm hitting the town With all of those who do it, don't know Don't worry about the young one Don't you worry about the youngest I've seen a little bit of blood on the streets And a little bit of blood on the sheets I've been living like a shoe Working hard, been sleeping Sleeping like I shouldn't be Don't worry about the young one Don't you worry about the youngest over my dead body Will I let this go? See, I'm never gonna let you down So I will never let it go, never, ever, ever now And over my dead body Will I let this go, never, ever now Will I ever now
another week of talking on the brink means another week of talking to Paul Luttrell, who's back once again on the other side of a computer, even though he lives not that far from me. But whatever. Paul, welcome back to the brink. Yep, good to be back. It's good to have you back. And uh, as always, we've got plenty to talk about. And generally, we always start off by talking about uh, a certain president of the United States, Mr. Trump. Um, you know, what's <laughs> what's happening with Donald? I, I read an article today, yeah. actually, about him saying that uh, firmly believes he's going to finally get rid of ISIS. Um, so, I mean, he promised that, just like the wall. But, I mean, this is kind of a, a good thing, is it not, to get rid of ISIS? Well, yeah, it would be a good thing, but uh, if he's not listening to his intelligence briefings, he probably has no idea who they even are. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, he says he's going to do a lot of things, does Donald. I think that he believes that he can do anything. I think if you, I don't know, put him in a... Said you, he's going to race Usain Bolt, he'd probably say, think there was a chance. Um, he, no, yeah, he's already beaten the same Bolt, let's be honest, Paul. Oh, I've, yeah. be, I've, I've beaten him five times already. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Tremendous. I'm a tremendous athlete. <laughs> Whatever. Don't read the news. Fake um, media. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've, I think that's that's one of the things. What else has he done? He's been uh, he came up with his own Medicare plan, mm-hmm. and didn't he? So, was it was it Trump Care or something? I don't know. It's got a yeah. It's been name. torn to shreds. It's basically Obamacare, but way less good. <laughs> O'Donnell Care. Okay. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, it covers about. Tw- I think it's supposed to cover about 20 million people less right. than uh, Obamacare. It's been torn to shreds by Democrats and Republicans. So, yeah, I think one of his quotes was, who knew that um, health care would be so hard? <laughs> Everyone knew that. <laughs> Everyone's been saying that. You're the only one that's been saying it's, it should be easy. Yes. 350 million Americans are also saying that for the last however many hundreds of years, Donald. Um, yes. You know. This has been the problem. This has been why it's been such a difficult issue is that it's really hard to please everyone and to cover everyone. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's just I mean that's a it's a strange thing that you look at America and you know the most powerful country in the world, you know, whatever the perceptions that America is, land of the free, you know, the American dream, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And yet they can't get something as simple as healthcare together. And you would generally assume that of all things that you need in life um, healthcare probably might be the number one thing up there with a, a few other things because it's kind of important that you need to be healthy to stay alive. Yeah, I would say it's, it should possibly be a, hu- a universal human right mm-hmm. to have free healthcare. I'd say food, water, education, healthcare would probably be in the four. Absolutely. <laughs> four, four of those. Um, yeah, obviously... Massive political ideological things going. The idea of that it's uh, it's undercut by a lot of um, wealthy people who have a lot, who think they have a lot to lose in that. I mean, it's you know, it's a compli. I mean, that- it's, it's 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 complicated. I mean, again, Donald discovered that this week. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. you know, you and I, not the president of the United States, but we even know it's a bit tricky. Yeah, but I think that for many, many Amer- well, not many Americans, but the small percentage of Americans who have a lot of wealth, it's kind of the more kind of private industries they can have, the more chance they have of making money off of those industries. So, um, 
making something a public or government run thing is obviously less they can't make money off of it anymore so mm. it's um, it's so fascinating and and what always baffles me I mean I mean you look at you know Canada I mean they're right next door to each other and obviously Canada has a very similar system to we do here in Australia again it's not as simple as that we we understand all the intricacies and everything along those lines but the people living on the border like right on the border literally those places in America where across the river there's Canada I mean, do you just become a Canadian citizen and just hop over the border on a Thursday to go get your your free checkup rather than, you know, hopping down the street in America to get it because you're going to be paying like $300? I mean, I couldn't imagine if you've, you know, got shot in America. Oh, shit, I've got to go to the hospital. No, I'm going to have to pay like a $1,000 emergency room fee. Let's just cross the border and go to Canada and get it for free. Yeah. Oh, I've been shot in America. Oh, that's going to bankrupt me for my life. Exactly. One little thing that's happened, an act, freak accident, mm-hmm. and suddenly I am yeah bankrupt. Um, yeah, I guess that would be the decision that I would make. I know I <laughs> much prefer to to live to over live. in Canada. Yes. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that there are lots. I know that there are lots of people who live in Canada and then duck over to the USA to get their cigarettes and alcohol <laughs> <laughs> and guns. <laughs> at, yeah, and guns. Yes, you know. The essentials. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that are that are dirt cheap. Um yeah. It's 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 interesting. It really is. And I mean, from my experiences travelling to both countries, I mean you know, they're very similar, but there are differences. And I mean, it's kind of, it's like, as I've I've said, like, I mean, I recently went to New Zealand and I'd never been there before longer than like an hour at the airport. And I think it's, it's so similar, New Zealand and Australia, America and Canada. It's like very similar countries, but I think Canada has their shit together a little bit more than America. And I think New Zealand has their shit together a little bit more than Australia. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, USA and Australia are kind of seen as like the more powerful between the two, but subtly in the background, little brother is doing it a little bit better than older brother. Yeah, it is. It is a really strange thing. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly is the cause of it. I think we we had this kind of a similar discussion before, and we were thinking maybe it was education, maybe it was something to do with that, um, better education programs. But yeah, it's it's strange to have these two cultures side by side, basically very similar setup, and yet they've taken completely different paths, have completely different attitudes to political topics and whatever it's it's really it's it's fascinating i'd really love to know why that is we can we can dedicate a whole episode to it and just get we'll get an american a canadian a new zealander and well we're australian uh and we can just have a round table like new zealand why are you better than us pretty much even though we won't admit it um yeah so pretty much along those lines um happy international women's day during the week that was of course on wednesday uh, you know, plenty of things around that. I mean, do you what? What do, do you do anything? That's probably a weird question, isn't it? It's not like Christmas, I guess. I mean, I mean, do you give Caitlin an extra big hug for being a woman? I don't know. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I I didn't actually do anything. I think I'm a, I'm a supporter of it. I think it's it's good. But every year you get the same people typing on Facebook. Why isn't there an International Men's Day? Well, there is. There is. There is. It's, it's on in November nineteenth. Yep. Yep. But then again, is it really that necessary? Isn't every day International Men's Day? Isn't that <laughs> the thing? <laughs> well, I mean, look, um, it's it's interesting. I mean, I remember one year I I think I posted on social media. I said like Happy International Men's Day. I got called a sexist, and I was like, 
That's... Okay, what? <laughs> well, whoever whoever called you that is an idiot. So. But it's, I mean, the, the thing, it's, 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 look, it's, it's one of these things that people are always going to debate. There's always going to be that person, all this and that, all, all around it. But um, I guess the hope, perhaps one day, Paul, would be that when things, if, I'm, I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when, because I'm a, I'm a, positive outlook guy at least once a week yeah uh, we have a quality that there will be no need for international women's men's or anything day because you know we're an equal society there's no need for women to fight for things that they should be having in society you know what i mean so yeah yeah that's that's the ideal i guess um yeah and hopefully we do one day get there obviously we're not quite there yet and so it's still necessary to have these kind of things it's the same kind of argument when people someone says like they quote the black lives matter thing Mm. and then someone goes but all lives matter yes but the implication in our society the way african americans or people of color the way they're treated in respect to white people their over representation in prisons their lack of education opportunities things like that the implication is that they don't matter as much as white people and so the black lives matter movement is saying no, black lives do matter as well. So they're not saying black lives only matter. They're saying black lives matter as well based on the implication of, that our society puts forward that they don't. Yeah, and it's... And people don't understand that for some reason. They're always quoting all lives matter. Yet, I saw a meme today and it was kind of... It was like white person, all lives matter. And then some someone saying, okay, well, what's your position on refugees? And it's kind of like, don't let them in <laughs> or something like that. So... Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, and one of the big things uh, that was discussed during the week, and we discussed this on uh, High Noon, Edge Radio, Fridays, uh, 12 to 2 p.m., listen to it, um, was Melbourne during the week, as part of International Women's Day, have said that they're going to, in the city, the, the crossing signals, basically uh, 50% of them addresses to them because the assumption of a traffic signal light that the stick figure is that that's a man. So we need to gender, gender neutralize this by having some with dresses and some with not. Now this has caused a huge debate for, for a variety of reasons, money reasons and, you know, ethical reasons. Have we gone mad? Is this political correctness? Everything along those lines. I mean, what's your take on this? Because it's, it's such a, it's such a strange thing that they've come out and just announced that they're going to do this. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's they're doing it just as a a joke or satire or something like that, but it doesn't it really seems a bit kind of pointless, mm. petty. I don't really see how I've n- never really thought of the traffic signals uh if I I don't know, I've never really uh, identified with the traffic signal. Yeah. Same. I mean, so, it's, it's not like I look at that and go, that's a man. I'm so empowered that we're allowed to walk across the street because I look like that. The only thing I can think is that it's actually trying to provoke a bit more discussion or something like that, maybe. I don't know. But then it, it just seems like a waste of money. It's. I mean, that's the thing that I think it all um, borders down to. It's like if all the, the problems, and I don't, I don't know if this is a Melbourne City Council thing or a Victorian government thing, of all the things that they could focus their budget on. If I was a Victorian, if I lived in Melbourne and they're, they're putting money into this, like, 
are there not other issues related to equality that this could not be put towards? Because, I mean, if this is what you're going to do, let's let's completely be anal with everything. Let's look at children's crossing signs. It's a picture of, like, a woman in a dress holding kids' hands. Our father's not allowed to walk their kids to school as well, so we're going to change those. Like, I mean, it just it opens up a can of worms, and it's it's... It's just, it's strange. It's strange. If you're going to change them, adopt the American model where you've just got a red and a white hand signal, just like a walk, do not walk. Erase the human element from it completely, and there you go. Then you've got no need to be questioning if that's a man or a woman. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the full details of it, but my, my opinion of it, just on first glance, is that it's not really addressing any issue at all it's kind of a distraction really from actual real issues of equality maybe uh try and divert that money into i don't know better education for opportunities for women you you um, maybe even yeah you, yeah you were talking about memes and i've got to say this one and and this is just a silly one of those silly memes out there that's probably i'm going to get ripped into because people are going to like well that's sexist but there was a meme of uh the the crossing light of the of the green with the dress on, and it said, "Don't know if I want to cross a road with uh, a woman uh, thing because she'll change her mind halfway through when I'm on the street." So um, inappropriate, but I kind of laughed at that. That's why we. That's Paul. That's why we need to change him because I'm r- remotely sexist by laughing at that, aren't I? <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know if I found that. <laughs> I saw that one as well, and I thought, ooh, ooh, that's not... All right, differences between you and I, I'm a, I'm a sexist yeah. bastard. I, I want to I ask you about something, though. This, I mean, you have no idea I'm asking you about this because we didn't talk about this beforehand, but this is just something fun, different. Uh, there was a, a news article I think I read yesterday that basically said Australia's internet speed continues to drop down the world rankings in terms of how fast we are. We are pa- now apparently have slower internet in Australia than Kenya. Uh, we are like 50th in the world or something ridiculous like this. Now, I, I remember a couple of years ago, you were, you were getting your NBN installed and you're having the issues and everything. I've recently had the NBN installed and I can be completely honest with you. I don't really see the difference in the speed. Yeah. Um, I, I have not noticed a single difference. It's still, you know, I still sometimes YouTube videos don't buffer. Um, in time. The important things. Um, <laughs> yeah, but things like that. I mean, when you're playing video, you'd expect it. If you've got MBN and they promote it as being lightning fast, you would expect that you wouldn't have to, you know, wait for buffering on a 480 <laughs> pixel exactly. YouTube video. But it's it's crazy to think. I'm glad there's a ranking of internet speeds. I mean, that's a kind of a cool job. Like, do you have to go to every country in the world and, like, download a YouTube video? Oh, this is faster in Kenya than it was in Australia. I mean, what's what's going on there? Uh, I mean, I, I've never in my life thought to myself, hey, I should go to Kenya. But maybe I do want to go there now because I'm going to be able to watch that YouTube video a lot quicker. Yeah. I think it probably just comes down to the, the mentality of, the politicians in power at the moment they're all very old school thinking don't really value um give the correct assign the correct value to the internet age the technology that people rely on in certain professions Mm. and it's it's, the internet it's yeah it's so i mean i think the the article i read they tried to kind of defend australia by saying australia has one of the fastest mobile networks in the world like great 
But, I mean, if I'm watching, you know, 10 YouTube videos a day on my Telstra 4G, it's going to cost me a shitload on my data cap. So, you know, we don't exactly have the unlimited data plans like we do for for broadband. I, I will say, when I was in America recently, I got one of those travel sims and basically paid a little bit extra just to get unlimited data. And, you know, anyone who's travelled knows generally when you go overseas, uh, you know, you switch your data roaming off because it's going to cost you a shitload, so you'd live off Wi-Fi. When you've got an unlimited data cap in another country with a travel sim, you just go to town. You don't worry about Wi-Fi anywhere. And it's, to me, it was just as fast in America as it is here in Australia. So, um, you know, we need those sims here in Australia. Yeah. Definitely, that'd be good. Yeah, so again, if you're listening to us and you're, you're having trouble listening and downloading the Brink, then hey, go to Kenya. You might be able to download it a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, anything else worth mentioning, Paul? Uh- oh, what if we... Uh, I'm just trying to think of topical issues. There's always something there. What's happening in Tasmania? We never talk about Tasmania. Um, it's happening in Tasmania. It's, it's pretty hot today. Yeah, it's, you know, it's meant to rain. Cool. Um, I think... Yeah. Uh, uh, traffic we've never talked about the traffic i don't oh yeah the traffic yeah that's a big issue it's been a big issue for about the last 12 months but tasmania being tasmania there's more talks and reports done about it than actually anything fixing it i mean if this was melbourne uh you know i mean we may joke and say it's a pointless waste of money to you know put dresses on the traffic signals but let's be honest that'll be done in a month if this was in tasmania we'd be debating it for six years before they even put the fucking dresses on the thing so um, (laughs) it's it's ridiculous as well because it's kind of like (laughs) We've had this thing going on for 12 months, but yet more and more construction yep. seems to be taking place in the city that's closing off lanes and just adding to the problem. It's just not very well thought out. Maybe come up with an idea to divert traffic before you do these kind of, I don't know, these projects. It's, to, it's simple. Yeah. The simple solution is get David Walsh to put Mona's brand on it. Say the the road works to fix the Brooker Highway will be Mona approved. It will be done in a week. I mean, it's really yeah. that simple because since David Walsh has rocked up, everything gets done with Mona on it. So yeah, that's just that's a, what you need to do. Yeah, it's just a, Hobart. I think people have been saying it for years and years. It's just a really poorly planned city. It is. Uh, And because we are Hobart and people are like, oh, lol, I'm from Sydney. You don't have traffic. (laughs) I mean, there was a report last year that basically came out and proved Hobart was the third most congested capital city in Australia behind only Melbourne and Sydney. We're more congested than Brisbane, Perth and Adelaide. And they've probably got, they've got like, what, four or five times the population as we do. So, yeah, it's population's only, only part of the story. I mean, yeah, fair enough. You've got a very big population, but you also have lots and lots of roads mm-hmm. to handle that population. We have one road out of the city, basically, like one road to get through Davie Street yep. and Macquarie Street, the two uh, one-way streets to get through. That's that's it. And I, I remember, I remember years ago, a friend of ours was down from Sydney, and we were driving through the city. And, of course, you know, anyone who's lived in Tasmania their whole not, whole lives, it's not an uncommon sight to see log trucks driving through the CBD, you know, because, yeah. as you said, there's only one route. If you're coming from the Hewan and you've got to go up north, you've got to drive through the city. You've got no choice. Um, and basically, this friend from Sydney is in, in hysterics, laughing, like, you have a fucking log truck driving through the middle of your city. Like, what is going on here? You would never see a log truck driving through Sydney or Melbourne, you know. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the viewpoint 
point of it. And, I mean, I know you sort of live fairly close to the, the city and I don't know particularly how often you have to travel into the city during those times, but I know through recently when I worked in the city and having to drive from the northern suburbs, I mean, I was having to leave like 90 minutes to two hours beforehand to get to my parking spot on time. And, again, people listening from Sydney and Melbourne, Ben, that's nothing. This is Hobart, people. Like, I mean, you know, we've got we've got less. And again, I know, as you said, population is not the only reason, but it's it's it is kind of ridiculous. And again, what's been done to fix it? I mean, the the roundabout and the traffic signals near the the showgrounds are finally nearing completion. That's only taken eighteen months. Um, and what's that doing? <laughs> we've got traffic lights and not a roundabout. Cool. Um, <laughs> has that done anything to fix it? I don't know. Uh, what would you do, Paul? Would, would you build a bypass? Would you would you build a tunnel? Would you just do what they did in The Simpsons and pick up the city and locate it somewhere else? It's it's hard. I think the bypass is the big thing, but it's it'd be a very big undertaking because you've just got mountains there, you've got hills, and then you've got water on the other side. So you've got this very thin, narrow thing. You'd almost need to maybe um, reclaim some of the land down on the waterfront and, and do that kind of thing. But a bypass seems like... A big thing. I think also maybe getting more, trying to foster a culture of ride your bike or public transport somehow. Light maybe fix rail, those things. Light rail. Light rail. There you go. Yeah, that's another thing. But try and just try and ease people away from driving their cars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to work. Yep. So. And I mean, look. I, I am not a fan of public transport. I do not like catching buses. However, it is terrible. Yeah. Ha- however, if uh, they there was a light rail system implemented from the northern suburbs to the city, I would catch it because it's a logical step. You've got one straight line from the northern suburbs to the city. Uh, you know, I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. We talked about that constantly on the on the brink. Uh, you know, with with Ben and Chrissy Johnson when they were sort of really campaigning it. But I mean, again, this is just Hobart hashtag Hobart because it's it's literally there is more talk and debate about things and things getting done. Cable car, classic example. I remember as like being a six seven year old walking through Salamanca with my parents, and they've got protests: no cable car, no cable car. And I've literally walked up to them and they've tried to get me as a little kid to sign. I'm like, I think that sounds cool. I want a cable car. And here we are, twenty, you know, twenty four, twenty five years later, and it's still a topic of discussion, and nothing's being done about it. So it's like, oh, if you're listening to this and you're not from Hobart, like it's a beautiful place, come visit. Don't live here because you just get so frustrated. <laughs> yeah, nothing gets I done. The light, the light rail as well would solve a lot of people's issues simply because I think the biggest problem people have with public transport is just they don't with buses and stuff like that. They don't feel that safe in them. No, it's kind exactly. of, you know, you've got narrow, narrow streets, lots of winding in and out of traffic, makes people feel sick. Whereas if you've got a light rail, you just got, it's a direct route mm-hmm. straight down. You don't have any of the side to side. You don't have any of the, you know, there's no seatbelts in buses. So exactly. it's that kind of thing. And you've then got to deal with bus drivers and bogans. So, um, it's... <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm guessing the there'd probably still be bogans. Oh, absolutely, but the train the drivers are hidden away. They're just like locked in a little cabbage, cabbage cabin. Yeah, Cab- what's a but cabbage? That's you... that's a vegetable bin. Um, yeah, you know, so... at least you don't have that nauseating feeling of going side to side True. and everything. Trains are cool though. Like, I mean, and let's be honest, trains are kind of cool. Like yeah, they you are. know they're they're pretty pretty awesome machines. We've covered a lot, Paul. We've done well today. I've I've I think we've we've done well. We've we've talked about Trump, 
issues, I've offended people, and yet we're still here talking about buses and bogans. That can be the new segment, buses and bogans with Paul and Ben. Um, yeah. I and have one to, time we could record it on a bus with bogans. I have to, I have to talk about the time that a, a girl's hair got um, lit on fire by a bogan. Oh, you've got to do Can you bus. do that now? Can you, like, totally tease oh, us? Oh, I can. Well, yeah, I, I used to catch the bus to school in high school from Glenorchy out to Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And one time there was a guy who he looked like he was, I don't know, he was trying to flirt a little bit with a couple of girls and they really weren't that interested. So he decided to take out his lighter and light, try, trying to singe a little bit of like a girl's ponytail. Obviously, she had a lot of hair product in there because her hair just went wow. straight up into a, like a ball of flame. Wow. Singed quite a bit of her hair and she kind of, her friend kind of quickly reacted and tried to smack it out, and it eventually did go out, but it did take quite a bit of her hair off. Holy crap. Um, yeah, the bus driver had to pull over, and, yeah, there was a whole big thing. I I was just in shock. Um, but, yeah, the things you see on, on public transport now, in Hobart. What happened to the guy? <laughs> did he do a runner? Did people pin him down? I mean, that's crazy. I'm, I'm not sure because I got off after that, but uh, there was he had, like, the bus driver, obviously, called... Um, I, I think he was kind of radioing in to police or something like that. Um, but the, yeah, the bus, the guy stayed on the bus. It was it was weird. He, yeah. That is that I is know. wow. I mean, I've been on buses and seen stuff, but never quite that. Like that's yeah. that's some that's some fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. There's some other way to explain that. I mean, how do you, I mean, how does that girl? Like, what story does she tell 10 years later? Like, oh, I remember this time this guy was trying to flirt with me. I refused and, and he set my hair on fire. I mean, that's inter- yeah. that's International Women's Day. That's why we have it. That's right there. Yeah. That is right there. Men, like, sure, like, be a genuine attempt to attract a, a, you know, whatever, be nice about it. But once you get rejected, you don't set the girl's hair on fire. Yeah. I mean, if that was the yeah, case, I, I would have burnt a lot of hair. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> just <laughs> Anyway, I don't know how that it's is. It's good. I think, yeah, I think maybe he uh, tried to reassess his, uh, I don't know, his flirt techniques. I can kind of guarantee that. that guy's probably still single. And if he isn't, then what the fuck is wrong with this world? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how does that work? Like, honey, did you have any, you know, pickup lines from when you were younger? Oh, you know, not really. But if a girl rejected me, I'd kind of light a hair on fire. Oh, yeah, jeez, wow. She'd never reject me again after no, that. That's why she's. Maybe those two got together and are married and happily ever after. Who knows? Uh, that's that's a perfect way. I'm glad you told that story. Um, yeah. I am. I am going to have an image now. Every time I see a guy trying to pick up a girl on a bus, and I'm going to be like, no, don't do it. Um, thanks, Paul. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Anyway, one of my favourite segments on the show each week. This is it back going back now to the year 2012 now you've heard previously on this podcast bits of our recaps when we went to the quote olympics unquote and um this is back from our time or at least our themed shows from 2012 uh from the london games and during those olympics an athlete by the name of julius brink 
representing Germany, won a gold medal in the sport of beach volleyball with his teammate Jonas Reckermann. And we love this. We took it on board. We were so excited that an athlete with the last name of Brink was competing in the Olympics and let alone went on to win gold. So uh, this is 2012, myself and then co-host Tali talking with the one, the only... Julius Brink. I've also been keeping up to date with the beach volleyball because you want to know why I would be keeping up to date with the beach volleyball. Why? Well, because I, it was brought to my attention during the week that um, there's a there's an athlete who plays for Germany who's uh, who's got the, the best name I think we've ever seen in any sport. His name, and we're not making this up, is Julius Brink. Oh. Julius Brink. Now, can we not... We have to get this guy on, so we've tracked him down. And he's actually won the gold medal this morning in the beach volleyball. Wow. He's so doing well. He, I mean, he had a partner, of course, obviously, in the beach volleyball. He couldn't do it by himself. But uh, he's actually joining us in the studio um, from Germany. I'm very p- pleased to have this man in the studio. Julius Brink, welcome to Edge Radio. Yes, hello, Ben. Hello. Yes, hello, Tali. Hello, Kim. How are you? How are you doing? Both of you, you look very, very happy and attractive to be at this time of night in the, in the Olympic studio in the media center. It's a good, good accent you got there. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> hello. Yes, you are German. No, you're Australian. You have got good accent as well. Hello, um, Tali. Whereabouts in Germany are you from? I'm from the Upper Rhineland region, near the Austrian border. People say I sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't see the resemblance, to be honest. I sound like I sound like Julius Brink. Wow, and you've won gold. I won gold. You want to know why I won gold? Tell us. Because we won the match, and my inspiration, that's a very good insight into how we do it. The inspiration for me winning gold is this radio show. Oh, really? Because Did you I, listen to it? Well, I tell you a story. My name is actually Julius Schumacher, but <laughs> I listen... Sorry, I got a bit loud. I saw Usain Bolt running around with his flag. I, I, you know why I changed my name to Brink? Because I listen. I hear your coverage of Beijing Olympics. Oh. Love it. I change name and think, oh, show number one. Julius Schumacher become number one by changing name to Julius Brink. And it happened. I win gold medal. <laughs> For you, for you, for the Brink. Maybe for Germany on medal tally, but if we could put Brink on medal tally, we would win gold, yeah? Yeah. 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 It's just, I've never heard an accent like that from Germany. <laughs> well, look, people said, you know, it's, uh, it's a different accent. Uh, it's got a mixture of Austria, a uh, bit of Liechtenstein. You've been to Liechtenstein before, Tally? No, I haven't. Go there in the winter. It's better than summer. Oh, okay. That's Be- a good... Better tulips. Oh. <laughs> yes, they grow better in the winter. And beach volleyball play in winter in Liechtenstein, better than doing anything else in winter. Oh, okay. Yes. You're quite the advocate for Liechtenstein, considering you're from Germany. My father is from Liechtenstein. Oh, okay. Yes, oh. yes. He big beach volleyball. You know how I get into beach volleyball? Was it through your dad? Yes, yes. Because oh. in Liechtenstein, they have no beach, so they dream of being on the beach, so they build beach and they play beach volleyball. That's all they do oh. all year round. Play beach volleyball. <laughs> I was about to say build beaches. Yes, no, I'm spitting everywhere in the studio, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm just excited to be on the brink. The, the namesake of me. Can you speak in your actual like, English German? Like in actual... So, uh, can I speak German? Yes. I'm from Germany. What do you think? Yeah, but speak German. You want me to speak German for you? Not English. Like right now? Yes. Uh, I'm embarrassed. You put me on spot. I am on English radio right now. I need to speak in English. I can't speak in German. Guten Tag. Entschuldigung. Yes, that's good enough. <laughs> you look at me like I'm silly. Why you look at me like I'm silly? You speak German then. Go on. 
I don't know. Tyler, you speak German. <laughs> I would have just done the same thing. You would have? Have you met Heidi Klum before? Heidi Klum is my sister. Oh. Yes. Did you not know that? Not at all. <laughs> no, I, see, I couldn't change my name to Klum because I'm an attractive man. But, I, you know, I, I like you guys better. Yes. Yes. Oh. Did you know that Germany even good at beach volleyball? I bet you didn't. No, not at all. Well, I mean, God, we show you we are good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And how are the other members of your team feeling? Uh, well, my other, my partner, I, I can't remember his name right now because I'm so excited to be on the brink. But no, he's, he's happy. Yes. He, he goes back to his small, modest, you know, farm in Cologne and, you know, works on the farm with Hildi and Heidi and all the other German names I can't think of right now. But he oh. does very well on with the ladies. Yeah. Yes. And how will you celebrate this gold medal? Well, I come on the brink. I talk oh. to you. I do nothing. I get gold medal and I go and do nothing Do I come on brink and talk to Tali and Kim and Ben's, Ben's gone. Where'd Ben go? I have no idea. I think he just had to step out for a minute. Yes, he I don't think he likes the Germans. Excited. No, I think he's just overwhelmed that you're here. Yes, like I hear. I know. I hear the the only uh, the only person he likes in Germany is Michael Schumacher, <laughs> and uh, he won't like any other German. Oh, which is a bit disappointing because I changed my name for him. Kim, you look at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> Why you look at me? I got gold medal. Where's your gold medal? Oh, that's a bit of back That's and forth. nasty. It is nasty. Oh, I joke. It's a German sense of humor. Do you get it? No. We're very good in Germany. You know, list list your five favorite German comedians. Yes. One, yeah. No. Uh, well, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Austrian. No. Uh, well, <laughs> a lot of good Germans are actually from Austria, but we won't get into that right now. Okay. Yes. Uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How Australia doing on middle tally? <laughs> How's Germany doing? We're better than you at the moment. You can't bring that on me. We won 10 gold medals. You won six. You're sounding a bit Asian there. <laughs> well, I, I, my other side of my family actually comes from Taiwan. So, oh. yes, it goes, it goes there a bit that way, yeah? So very Eurasian. <laughs> well, I, I've got a bit of everything in me. Did you know I have a little bit of Swiss in me? Do you have the music in you? Uh, <laughs> that's my album coming out. How do you know? Yes. No, he, she's funny, Tali. She's, that's why I changed my name to Brink. Julius Brink. You like the name Julius? Uh, lovely name. Julius. Like of Madagascar. Yes. See, that's again, I'm also part Madagascarian. You know that? She knows everything about me. She know that. She, my, she got my bio from my manager. Wikipedia. We, oh, Wikipedia. Uh, you know, I went on Wikipedia once. That's a true story. That's it. That's it. There's nothing oh. more to that. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, Ben's back in the studio right now. Ben, hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Julius. <laughs> Have I missed anything? What's going on with Julius? You two are laughing. Oh, he's very entertaining. Right. Very attractive. Oh, yes. Thank you, Kim. You're very Are you married? <laughs> yes. Oh, damn it. Tyler, are you married? No, you were just saying Bolt before. I saw you go into his room. That was pretty good. Ben, are you married? Uh, I'll be married to you in a minute if you keep speaking to me like that. It's, I like your accent. Thank you. All these ladies laughing at my accent. This is from Asia. This is from Madagascar. Next they say I'm from freaking Taiwan. I don't know. I mean, come on. Yes, right. Uh, Julius, congratulations on your gold medal, and I'm very proud that you changed your name to the brink. Well, Ben, I did it for you. I was going to change it to Waterworth, but that's not a German name. People in Germany shoot people with the name of Waterworth. Oh, okay, then. Thank you for that. Uh, well, I think we're going to have to leave you right now because uh, we have uh, some other athletes who are coming on the show today. But, um, Julius, congratulations on your gold medal, and uh, we will watch your career uh, very well with your last name because it's... Um, it is the best last day we've ever had in the show. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Tali. Thank you, Kim. Say hello to people for me in Australia.
Can you do that? <laughs> we can. Okay. We can indeed. And I come back one week. Uh, I come on Brink every week. How does that sound? Sounds amazing. Yeah, I like the sound of that, Julius. Thank you very much. Well, he was interesting. And he's just... Oh, I'm still here, Ben. What do you mean here? I'm studio. I'm silly buffoon. Memories are made of those moments. And to this day, I still love hearing that. It was a lot of fun. And Julius, if you're listening, uh, we'd love to get you back on the show because you are Julius Brink and you are kind of cool. <laughs> thought we'd bring you a bit of a special treat on uh, this episode of The Brink, and it, it might even turn into a regular segment if we feel like it, which it probably will, let's be honest. Uh, anybody who's listened to any other show that I have done uh, would know this person's voice. He has appeared on Survivor Oz, 007, The Amazing Race Oz, Off the Podium, all available via iTunes, of course, and the, the recently formed Oz Network. Uh, and he also has the distinction of being from a country that is similar to ours, maybe a bit better because they're nicer and they also have snow. Um, I'm trying to talk this up. I might, as an introduction to this, I can hear the Canadian National Anthem in the background because that might be in the segment. <laughs> it's Colin Hilding from Winnipeg in Canada. Colin, welcome to the brink. Yeah, and I'm struggling to think of any similarities that we have with Australia at this point. He's like... Well, they have the snow. We don't. Um, <laughs> We're in the Commonwealth. We have a handsome... Like, we've got the handsome Prime Minister, and I don't know if Australia does. <laughs> oh, Malcolm Turnbull's pretty pretty attractive. Uh, I can send a picture to you guys if you and Jamie want to want to comment on him. I mean, he's no Philip Seymour Hoffman, so I don't know if Jamie will... Uh, <laughs> will be I was really... about to say, we know her taste. <laughs> yes. She doesn't have her shirt that high. She probably should aim a bit higher. Uh, we should mention uh, Jamie's Colin's wife. We, we just go into these things thinking, like, oh, everyone knows what we're talking about. But clearly, yeah. you know, nobody else listens to us. But, yeah, we, we thought we could do this segment and sort of talk about Canada, perhaps, and just everything. Colin's chilling in his house right now. He's got his... I mean, Jamie and Casper, his son, are in the background. They might join us at one point. I'm literally sending a photo on Skype right now so he can show that picture to Jamie and maybe get a reaction. But <laughs> I guess we're going to talk about Canada. Um, why not? Uh, what's, I mean, what's, what's Sexy Trudeau been doing? Is that where we always start? <laughs> because all, all Australians know about your Prime Minister is that he's hot and he has a nice ass. Um, that's about it. <laughs> he doesn't make the news that much. <laughs> it's funny because every time I talk to you, he's like, oh, they're talking about Trudeau again. And here it's like, no, I, I, I haven't heard about him that much. I mean, uh, they are still in power. Uh, <laughs> yep. He occasionally appears on the news, mostly for political things. I mean, we're, we're not quite as obsessed with Trudeau as the rest of the world is. It's kind of funny. Well, it's it's strange because I don't know how to take it because, like, I, I'll be completely honest with you. Before Trudeau came into power, like, we would legitimately not hear anything about Canadian politics unless your, your mayor of Toronto was smoking weed or, I don't know, something else happened, which, I mean, it A doesn't... little bit more than that with him. Yeah, well... <laughs> That too. But I swear, every single time now, there's some sort of article about, oh, he's up to it again, he's just... And there was legitimately an article within the last couple of weeks where it's like, the internet is going crazy over Justin Trudeau's ass, And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know. Is this a good or a bad thing? I mean, I, I know if it was the other way around, if this was, you know, an attractive female politician, there's no way you would be having this sort of stuff. But, I mean, is this kind of good in a way, Colin, that other countries are taking notice of Canadian politics in some way? Uh, I mean, I don't think that they're paying attention to the political part, but I mean, <laughs> whatever gets us on the map. I mean, it, it used to be Michael J. Fox, and then it was Michael Buble, and now it's uh, Justin Trudeau. So... 
uh, our fame with handsome Canadians just continues, and I'm sure I'll be the next one. It will. <laughs> well, hopefully. Um, again, you know Philip Seymour Hoffman. But I, I was um, I was about to say it's, it's better than perhaps other Canadians called Justin, uh, one of whom is in Australia right now. Oh. Can I just point out, Australia has Bieber fever because he's like I'm doing sorry, tours. okay? How many times do I have to say I'm sorry? <laughs> Isn't that what you used to do about Brian Adams in the South Park movie? You know? <laughs> the, the one line my dad often quotes from that movie. We have apologised to Brian Adams on several occasions. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, Manitoba then. I mean, Winnipeg, beautiful city. I visited you in Winnipeg. We went to the Manitoba building where they have parliament and stuff. Uh, that's that's yeah. my memory of it. Um, what's what's happened in your beautiful province? Because I'm sure a lot of people don't know much about Manitoba. Well, I mean, funny enough, you brought the snow here, as uh, I blamed you for. <laughs> You're you welcome. came here. Uh, and then we had a very mild winter following that, which is unusual for Winnipeg. And we're currently in the middle of about a week of minus 25 temperatures with like severe winds. Like I'm talking 80 kilometer winds, as I mentioned uh, on another show we did the other day. The old network. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the biggest thing is that I don't know if this is making news anywhere else, but you know, we have uh, a border here with North Dakota and I guess with a lot of the, the fear of Trump going on right now. There's a lot of immigrants in the United States that are crossing the border into Manitoba. And because of the weather we're having, they're literally freezing. So these people are getting across the border and they're receiving medical attention and <laughs> all this aid. And, you know, they're warning people don't cross the border like you're you're you will die if you cross the border. These people are probably thinking I'm going to die if I'm here. I'm going to die if I go to Winnipeg. Like, it's just a real problem. for them. Well, that's, that's actually... uh, I did have to. I, I just want to add, I did happen to see the movie Logan the other night, and I think I mentioned this to you, uh, that uh, the, the entire premise of the movie is about trying to you know, get to this safe place just across the U.S.-Canadian border. And then throughout the movie, they realize they're going to North Dakota. I'm like, I, I turn to my wife and we're in the middle of a movie. I'm like, they're coming to Manitoba. They're afraid of Trump, too. <laughs> And he's a you know Australian Hugh Jackman and uh, you know it's funny actually you mentioned that because uh, in talking in our other segment on this episode with Paul we were we were sort of loosely talking about the Canadian US border and about you know healthcare and everything along those lines uh, so I mean I guess uh, maybe also that North Dakota they're going across the border they're getting freezing but because you've got free healthcare they're fine uh, if they were freezing in North Dakota <laughs> then they're screwed. <laughs> You, we should say, I mean, you you have a health card if you are registered for one. <laughs> I don't think the immigrants crossing the border um, are going to be extended the same courtesies. But uh, no, that's that's like the big thing going on every single day when you turn on the news here, at least in Winnipeg. It's a, I think they're up to 34 people in the last uh, where are we at March now. So in the last two and a half months have just those are just the ones who are known to have crossed the border that were caught crossing the border. After and what's, they cross. what's the policy there? Like, I mean, does this mean that Trudeau is going to build a wall, basically, to stop a, <laughs> a legal immigration? Uh, I mean, is it just a case of send them back to where they came from? Or, I mean, Canadians oh. are nice. Surely you're just like, oh, they're just our neighbours to the north here. We'll let them in. Yeah, I mean... South, no, actually, honestly, south. Neighbours to the south. Can I just... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the These north people... pole. Santa's coming in. <laughs> These people are crossing on foot. Um, which is a bad idea if you've ever tried to walk in snow from Manitoba in the winter. 
Uh, and the town that is right on the border, Emerson, is like a very small town. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of work for them there. Uh, they're going to have to hitch a couple of rides to get to Winnipeg if they want any work. Uh, we have a lot of call centers here that are always hiring, as we discussed uh, off the air before. But, I mean, there's it's funny because they're talking about giving aid to these people and everything. And I think that uh, the idea is, like, oh, let's welcome them with open arms. I don't know if it's a way to just stick it to the Americans. The funny thing is Canadians are always thought of as, like, we're polite. We're really not. And I know I've told you this before. Canadians are very polite to your face, but all we do is talk bad about people behind their back. Like, I've never heard so many people trash Americans as they do here in Canada. Like, you go to other countries and, like, Americans are treated with a semi-form of respect. And here it's just nonstop bad-mouthing. Like, we really are terrible people. I don't think anybody realizes that about us. Now, now again, is that Canadians or people from Manitoba? I've been to other provinces in Canada. <laughs> And um, I don't well, know if I got that in British Columbia and Alberta and Ontario, Quebec. That's, that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, our motto, I don't know if you saw it on our license plates, it says Friendly Manitoba. Um, <laughs> My wife just laughed in the background. <laughs> Jamie's in the background. Ha! Yeah. Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she just said, friendly Manitoba, just watch our driving. Um, when we went to uh, the oh, Bahamas... I nearly, on a- I nearly died in the car with you, Colin. Yes, you're driving. Just another day on the road here. Like, that was nothing compared to... Like, oh, we've had so many close calls this winter. We have terrible drivers here in Manitoba. Um, I'm one of the better ones. So I'm just wow. And I nearly died. But when- just- Yes. That's the thing is that it was the first snowfall of the year when you were here. So vehicles don't stop the same. And it's funny because I was in the car with my wife the other day and we were coming up on a red light and I just kind of floored it. And that's not like me at all. I'm like very cautious as a driver, but she's like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, it, it, it rained and then it dropped to minus 20. I'm like, if I even try to hit the brakes right now, I'm not going to stop for three blocks. I might as well just go for it. You know? You're not going to stop even if you try. So it's. It's an impossible task driving on our roads here. Well, the, the clip's in, but the only six. It's it's definitely there when I'm yeah. in the car and I'm filming it, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Like the right at this crash on camera. I was, I was also saying earlier we uh, when we went to the Bahamas on our honeymoon, just to put into perspective, maybe it is just a Manitoba thing. Uh, you know, we were amazed that when we you know went to Toronto, like everybody was polite at the airport when we. We're in Nassau. Everybody was amazing there. And even in years since, you know, we went down to Minneapolis and North Dakota. We go there often. And people are there really nice to you. But when we came back in, when we got off our airplane and we went to the airport, you know, there was like this really snotty guy who was telling, you're in the wrong line. Like, almost like we're an idiot. And then we get outside and, you know, we're just trying to get a cab. And it's 11 o'clock. We were supposed to be in like four hours earlier. And we're just trying to get a cab. And some guy that we didn't even see there was like, excuse me. And I got a video of it, too, because we documented that. And my wife just turns to the camera. She goes, we're back in Winnipeg. People are rude again. So <laughs> friendly Manitoba is just for the outsiders. It's not really true. I always remember the very first time I went to both America and Canada. My first impression of America, going through customs, you get the most, like, grumpiest, gruff 
you know, what are you doing here in America? What's your purpose of the welcome to the United States next? You know, just like completely blase. That was probably the only rude American I met. And then going to Canada, the customs guy is basically wanting a biography on me. Oh, so what you doing in Canada? Apparently he's Irish or Scottish, whatever. But like he just kept asking me. And then I remember catching the bus. This is in Toronto, getting off the bus uh, with, you know, my then uh, soon to be fiance at that point, girlfriend, whatever, Louise. Everyone knows who Louise is on this show, whatever. But um, I knew I knew where we were going. I've pulled out a map just to double check. Within two seconds, a guy's gone, oh, do you need a handy? Again, he's Irish. A lot of Irish people in Toronto that day. Um, it's like typical, typical Canadian. I've been here for five minutes and you're just asking if I need help. So like, yeah. I had the complete opposite experience. Like, oh, here, yep, Canada. Yep, they're very nice people. And I guarantee you were not in Manitoba. No, when that was Toronto. Nice that was Toronto. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've sent the, have you seen? Have you got that picture of Malcolm Turnbull up? I want to see if you can. <laughs> Jamie yeah. forms an opinion uh, on the looks of our older silver fox Jamie, prime minister. For a second here. <laughs> okay, well, you don't have to touch anything. Just <laughs> yeah, Malcolm Turnbull's up there. You don't have to touch him. <laughs> That's totally out of context for people who didn't hear the other because of the conversation, but I'm sure it was really funny, whatever you were assuming. <laughs> Don't have to so touch. we need to get your impression here on a scale of, uh, I don't know, ugly to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Where would you rank this guy? Was that President Bush Sr.? No, it's not Bush Sr. <laughs> <laughs> just, just how attractive is this? <laughs> just, just how attractive. He looks really squinty. Literally, really squinty is what she said. <laughs> is that is that a good I mean, thing in, in the Jamie Hilding book? Is that like does she like really squinty <laughs> men? Hold on, Jamie, come to the microphone and say. Is what he you hot just said. or you... not, Jamie? I is he gotta... attractive? He's not my type, but is he rich? <laughs> He's very rich. He is. He is loaded. <laughs> so that makes him attractive. <laughs> uh, well, is that how you two met? Is that just how you guys were like? <laughs> Jamie, do you find me attractive? Uh, are you rich? Uh, can you be squinty? <laughs> do, do you play like dude guys in tornado movies? <laughs> it was my uncanny resemblance to Philip Seymour Hoffman, the one or over. <laughs> Listen to the Oz Network for a better context. <laughs> um, well, this has been fun. <laughs> I think we can turn this into something. We've learned about Canada. We've learned about illegal immigrants. Does, is, there, is there the opposite? Like, do Canadians, like, get scared of snow, so, like, run across the border? Like, is there a case, often a case of, you know, we hear about all the Mexicans going into the US, but, like, what's the, what is the border like between Canada and America when it comes to being guarded? Um, I mean, it's kind of the same going both ways. Like, we'll drive across the border and we'll go into America. They They are a little bit more relaxed. That's the funny thing. <laughs> Uh, when we go there, they're usually just asking, you know, where are you going? How long are you staying? Uh, you know, uh, where do you work? Sometimes they'll ask just as a way to kind of see who you are. When you do come into Canada, it's like an interrogation. You know, there was one time <laughs> my wife decided she wanted to get an ice cream uh, just at like the, the town just on the other side of the border on the American side. And she's eating it as the lady's asking this question. The, the Canadian lady who's, you know, questioning us to get in. She's just staring at us like, would you mind not eating? And then my wife's just sort of like looking at it, like just stops like mid bite, like the ice cream almost dripping down her chin. And she's like, just until we're done this, if you don't mind. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like, it was pretty scary. Wow. Told her to put it on the floor. Gee, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Like, cause I mean, I, I mean, the closest I've been to the border 
was when I went to Niagara Falls and the tour guide told us to bring our passport just in case, you know, and we never did. We just stayed on the Canadian side. I could see the bridge, obviously, that crossed over into the US, but... Um, I mean, I, as somebody who lives on an island country, I've never driven across a border. I, I mean, flown. I mean, I find it interesting when you fly from Canada to the US, you go through US customs in Canada. I always find that interesting. I remember when I left Calgary to go to San Diego, you know, this US guy basically is like, you're on US soil now. And I'm like, I'm in Calgary, but okay. Um, and they're all like, oh, you're going to San Diego. You going to Mexico? I'm like, no. <laughs> okay, then. Welcome to the United States. And I'm like, I'm still in Calgary. Like, I'm not in the United States. What's going on here? You hiding anything under there? Are you a mule? Tell me. Tell me you're a mule, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is... Yeah, I, I look forward to each week finding out how many more people get added to this uh, this yeah. wave of... of Count to 34. <laughs> Stay tuned next week to see if we hit triple digits. Because the weather is warming. (laughs) Thank you, Colin. And uh, thank you, Jamie. And I'll be sure to pass on the message to our Prime Minister that he's a squinty rich guy. That's okay. (laughs) One of our most popular segments on this show, I actually realise that it has now been exactly a month since you've heard of it. I do, of course, speak of... Wow, this is news, and this is a segment, just sort of a follow-on from our previous segment on the brink that we used to call Fail or No Fail, where we bring you some silly bits of news that we think are funny, and that we're sure you will think are funny too. Now, our news this week comes from The Mirror in the UK, mirror.co.uk to be precise. Thank you, Mirror, for providing us with some silly news stories. And our first one this week... uh, Probably a bit of a theme you'll find with some of these stories right now. Maybe we should put a bit of a disclaimer. Um, if you are offended by adult themes and, and themes of a sexual nature, perhaps maybe skip forward a little bit. You're going to hear a forget the lyrics soon. So uh, maybe that's um, what will float your boat. Now, uh, the first one, you'll see why, uh, is on an Italian model who has promised to perform sex acts on more than 19 million people wants to meet a British man with a bionic penis. Now, uh, I'm not sure if you've followed this news. This has been going on for quite some time. Uh, The model, Paolo Salino, who um, essentially, as I've been made to, to be aware of, promised voters in an Italian referendum who voted for no on constitutional constitutional reforms, uh, she said that she would give oral sex to everyone who voted no. So uh, that's kind of what she has uh, has become renowned for, I guess. And uh, in, since January, she's embarked on what's called the Pompa Tour, Pompa being uh, the Italian word for pump, or as also uh, oral sex, apparently, to show that she's a woman of her word, uh, travelling the country, uh, apparently has already performed uh, sex acts on more than 400 men, and is aiming for a million, uh, and is also apparently extending this tour to the UK. So, on that, she's wanting to meet uh, the man called Muhammad Abad, who in 2012 spent £70,000 on a prosthetic penis, which has been dubbed the bionic penis. Um, there's, there's multiple news stories here in itself, and essentially Paolo has said, hey, I want to perform oral sex on a guy with a bionic penis. And she's saying that she could perhaps meet him when she goes 
to the UK. Now, this is such a fascinating story because Paolo is basically saying she's hoping to get to a million people in order to perform sex acts on them. Um, And she's expressed the fact that she wants to meet Muhammad, who is from Edinburgh in Scotland, and to put the skills to use. She's she's told the Daily Star Online, I think it would be great if I could put my skills to use on him. Maybe I can meet him in the UK when I do my tour. Uh, um, And she added, I've never seen a bionic penis before. You're not the only one, Paolo. Uh, Maybe it will be bigger and better than a normal penis. Uh, Muhammad, who is 44, was fitted with his 8-inch bionic penis uh, in 2012 after he lost his member in a childhood accident. Since the operation, he's reportedly been inundated with X-rated proposals from women asking to have sex with him. However, he works seven days a week. So, sadly, and I, I feel very bad for him doesn't have time to take up the offers. Uh, Muhammad's man-made organ has been fitted with tubes which fill with liquid from his stomach when he presses a button in his testicles. It deflates when he presses the button again. Now, um, I'm trying to picture that right now. So, basically, he has a button in his testicles that he can press a button that then makes it fill with liquid from his stomach stomach. Just let that sit with you for a while. <laughs> he uh, apparently lost his um, penis uh, in 1978 when he was heading home from lunch from school. Uh, said he was throwing snowballs with his friends when he was either pushed in front of a car or accidentally ran into the road. Uh, at the time, doctors built him a tube using skin from his legs so he could urinate. But now he said um, since he's had his bionic penis, it has changed his life. And um, he's basically come out and said, uh, he was asked a question, would you meet with Paolo? He's reportedly answered, yeah, adding, I don't say no to anything. So, <laughs> this is... Wow. Uh, what, what's the bet they're going to film this and they're probably going to sell this online? This is um, this is fascinating. Anyway, good on you, Paolo. Good on you, uh, Muhammad. Um that's that's fascinating. There you go. All right. Speaking of penises, uh, <laughs> this is this is a thing. Uh, apparently, in Japan, they've got a bit of a festival where um, women and and men uh, jump on giant penises and go down the street. Uh, apparently, it's 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 all in aid of better marital success. That if a bride climbs on top of a giant penis, paraded through the town and waving to everyone, it's going to help your marriage. This is called the Hadar Festival, uh, held right across Japan. This isn't just in one place. The main one, though, is held in the city of Nagaoka, uh, the country's biggest and best penis festival, apparently, held on the second Sunday of March every year for women who have wed in the past 12 months. Now, they get on... they they put on, I should say, uh, a traditional Japanese bridal gown, straddle a totemic tool as it is carried through the streets. I'm looking at pictures here. There are literally pictures of Japanese women in wedding dresses walking down, well, riding the street, riding giant penises down the street. This is a thing in Japan. Now, the gigantic seven-foot phallus is celebrated as an emblem of good fortune with huge crowds gathering to touch... And stroke the mighty member as it passes. Yes, that apparently is what happens there. Uh, now, the festiv- festivities are seen as bestowing fertility, marital bliss, and good luck to those who participate. Um, and if you're wondering what Hadar means, it translates into English as male 
genitals, although apparently uh, it can also mean, uh, if spelt out in caps, the ripening of rice plants. Uh, so there you go. It's been held in Japan for centuries and has recently become tourist attractions. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I'm heading to Japan next March. You might just see women going down the street on giant wooden penises. Uh, now, we're still apparently going on a certain level of, uh, of <laughs> I don't even know, morality here when it comes to these stories. Um, apparently, Baskin-Robbins, the ice cream company, makes cakes. So, if you want an ice cream cake, go to Baskin-Robbins. And if you're listening to Baskin-Robbins, because we are just a free-willing podcast now, and we can say that, sponsor us. We would appreciate your money. Um, but you can get great flavours, great writing on top. Great. They, they let you customise your cakes and everything along those lines with it. And they obviously also, with this, would get some quite unusual Request Now, one such request recently uh, received by the company uh, was shared on Reddit. And this cake, uh, they've they've taken a photo of the actual order form and they've got written here uh, down the bottom, this is what needs to be said on the cake. It says, happy birthday, daddy. Get ready to eat this cake just like you eat me. Yeah, that's apparently a thing. And they've got and made this cake, and there's a photo of this cake. And uh, I, I look, I don't know what's creepy. The fact that this cake is there, or the fact that this employee from Reddit, uh, employee from Baskin Robbins, I should say, has shared it on on Reddit. I mean, that's probably not that appropriate. I'm not kind of guessing they kept their job if they were ever caught, because um, that might be a bit of a private cake. But anyway, there you go. If you've ever wondered. Um, Perhaps these homemade cakes, if they get things like that, well, they do. There you go. Um, another one that's come out, this is maybe a bit more uh, tamer and calmer. Um, anyone who's ever been to any form of sporting event, particularly over in, in the United States, perhaps, uh, would know that on the big screen, there's a, the tradition of a thing called the kiss cam. Of course, they just move around the crowd, put it on a couple of people, get them to kiss on the screen. Oh, it's fantastic. But recently, during a break in an NBA game between the Atlanta Hawks and the Brooklyn Nets, uh, cameras went to a couple and uh, the man in the, the couple, a man and a woman, uh, the boyfriend did not want to engage in the kiss with his girlfriend. So uh, clearly unimpressed, the girl basically said, well, stuff you, uh, turned to the other man sitting next to her and kissed him instead. The crowd went crazy, except, of course, for the boyfriend who, you know, promptly got up and walked off, uh, leaving his girlfriend shocked. Uh, but the other guy who landed the kiss was quite happy. He sipped on his drink and kind of had a bit of a smile on his face. So um, the video's out there. Definitely check it out. But <laughs> it's certainly interesting. But it has to be said, there's there's a lot of these viral videos go out there when it comes to these kiss cams and certain events and all that sort of stuff that happens. And got to say, looks a bit staged. Um, can't quite say that this one looks real. But if it is real, it's hilarious. But wouldn't surprise me... Um, if it is staged. So there you go. Uh, we were going to give you this last one here um, from the Mirror's website, but it's actually really not that exciting. It's essentially um, a story about a guy who replied to an automated text and told them to fuck off, and that's apparently a story. Um, that's just 
general. I think a lot of people confuse the automatic messages, particularly those on Facebook, which you can do now. So, um, yeah, if, again, fail or no fail, we'd give that a fail just to the mirror for passing that off. But we've, we've passed off a very interesting segment. That's, um, you're glad this is back, aren't you? Uh, this is, well, this is news for another week. Hopefully it won't be another month until you hear this segment again. Excited once again for this segment. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Getting those lyrics with the great music in the background. Love it. I thought this is one that we'd already done, but for some reason we hadn't done. And uh, we're going right back to the year that was 2015, it's only two years ago now, but this was the last ever Forget the Lyrics we ever did. This was on our final show, um, at least in the lead-up to it. might have been actually on the day before our final show. That's how good my memory is. Uh, Dakota and myself, we had to do one more Forget the Lyrics. And as we keep saying, we, we do hope that we will bring this back at some point. So just stay tuned. But it was appropriate that we did it to a sad song. The song was Goodbye My Lover by James Blunt. This is Dakota and myself closing out the epically awesome segment that was Forget the Lyrics in the Brinks history. Let's see how that went. He's really practicing his piano recently, which is, um, yeah, works. Good job. Did we really suck? Yes. Or did we suck? Yes. That was a bad start to this. Forget the lyrics. For the last time I do this segment, you think I would have started off a little bit better. So when we decided this show would end, we didn't really go through everything else. Even though you're our friends, We may be ending, but it doesn't mean that's it, because we are going to be around. So, tough shit. We ended, we swore just then, I don't really care, what are they going to do? Cancel us or maybe close it. That's what's going to happen tomorrow. We hosted lots of shows and interviewed lots of people, had lots of co-hosts and did lots of silly things. And now it's time to say farewell. This has been The Brink. Goodbye, Edge Radio. Goodbye, The Brink. We have caused one massive, giant stink. <laughs> Goodbye, Edge Radio. <laughs> Goodbye, The Brink. Only one more show to go tomorrow. Clinkity clink. Oh, it started already, and I wasn't ready. <laughs> the Brink's ending. I've only been on it for a year. It's really sad, but I won't miss Ben. Because it is poo, and insults me all the time. Oh, it's starting really fast, and it's like, don't, I'm not good at this at all. This segment is just really shit. Oh, you swore. I swore you swore. Um, it's, I'm not good at this at all because it's, I don't know what I'm doing and it's not really good at all. Goodbye, the brink. Goodbye, my dignity. This show has been the best show in the world. I don't know why 
I'm singing like this now, but the brink is ending, and it's really quite sad. I may you I duet both at the same time. No, we're not see what happens. All right, I'm going. No, you go. Quick. And when we end this show tomorrow, there will be no more. It will be quite sad for both our listeners and fans. Goodbye, Andrew. <laughs> Goodbye, the brig. It's been quite awkward in this set we've sworn twice but goodbye fans goodbye Kevin Bacon I don't want to say goodbye but we kind of have to do it yeah so sad so sad to go <laughs> yeah he's in the background that's that's James Blunt not really. It's just popped into. Yep. Sing to the world. All right. Honestly, think. I feel as though that wasn't up to standard. No. Just brings a tear to my eye. It was so good, so sad. And as I said, we'll bring it back. I'm not going to fake cry because that apparently uh, doesn't sound too good. So, um. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's pretend that last bit never happened. <laughs> Getting ready to close out uh, this this episode, episode fifteen of the Brink Reboot. But uh, just gotta just gotta end it on a on a bit of a on a sad note. Um, it's very difficult actually in order to be able to do this. Uh, this is this is a, the last ever episode that um, myself, Ben Waterworth, will ever host in my 20s and it's it's very sad i i need to just play some music here to to mourn the loss of my youth to to mourn the loss of me being in my 20s sadly uh this this coming saturday the 18th of march remember it because i expect lots of birthday messages will be the day that i turned 30 and um it's been a fun decade it's it's been an interesting decade the decade that this show went from strength to strength it's been a decade since we were on breakfast radio but uh Sadly, at some point, you've got to you've got to age, and um, this is just a, a, a tribute to to my twenties. I'd like to thank every year that has passed since I have been in my twenties. For, for each of those, I have grown closer to this very moment. And for those of you who have met me, or listened to me, or done anything with me uh, throughout the last decade, thank you for being part of the decade that ultimately is probably the best in anybody's life. And sadly for me it is now coming to a close so the next time you will hear my voice I apparently will be old and uh, will no longer have this youthful exuberance so uh, yes the sad music in the background the morning of my 20s and uh, it has been a very sad occasion to have to bring this moment to you but that doesn't matter we're going to be back next week uh, as always um the brink subscribe to us on itunes it's the easiest way to get us there and to get these episodes directly to your speakers mountain view people again please message us we want to hear from you make that our our first episode hearing from us uh, first episode in my 30s i should say hearing from you and finding more about 
why you listen to the brink and what's going on in Mountain View. I definitely want to hear it. And of course, uh, I'm sure those in Mountain View like us on Facebook. That's the easiest way to stay up to date. Follow us on Twitter. And uh, as always, giving uh, the opportunity for you to leave feedback on our iTunes page. Rate us, leave us some, some words of wisdom. If you hate us, if you love us, just anything else in between, we, we definitely want to hear from you. Outside of the brink, plugging our other shows, as always, the Oz Network started up and is going great guns. If you're a fan of movies and TV, find that, subscribe to it. We've got interviews, we've got episodes. It's great. Uh, Speaking of interviews, 007, our James Bond spin-off. Uh, we've got a big interview for our 50th episode coming up. Robert Darby, Hollywood legend, played the role of Fran, San- uh, Fran Sanchez, thank you, Ben, uh, in 1989's License to Kill, the main Bond villain. But he was in Die Hard, he's in The Expendables, he's been in more than 100 TV shows and movies, and uh, just an absolute icon of TV and film in Hollywood. He's going to be on our 50th special episode for that. And uh, we've also got interviews coming up on off the podiums, Ali Stegall, Catherine Skinner. We might play some clips of those on next week's show. Just so much happening with all the shows that are related to The Brink. So make sure that you stay tuned to all of those and you can find all of those on social media as well. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. It's It's been a long episode. I think this might be our longest reboot episode yet, but it's been fun. It's been lots of content for you and we're proud to be able to bring it to you and we're proud that you have stuck through it this whole time. So until next week... And again, for the last time in my 20s, keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. (laughs) 